It's almost the end of June, and finally, Ontario has entered phase one of reopening. Honestly, I'm not sure what that means. I'm just happy to be able to go to Mass. I know that in most places in the United States, you've already been open for months, but this is not the case in Canada. My question to you, how is your Mass attendance? Because in my parish, the way I see it, a lot of people have dropped off. We used to have five masses over the weekend and an average of 300 people at all our Sunday masses. Now, at 15% capacity, we can only fit about 120 people and we've eliminated one mass. So you'd think that we would be turning people away, but we're not. On the first weekend of reopening, we had an average of 60 people at mass. Sure, some people didn't know we were open, but if mass was important to you, don't you think you'd know if we were open or not? This is why I figure that, and I'm sorry to say, we failed. We failed at helping people understand and experience the importance of attending Sunday Mass. Going to church on Sunday is not a duty or obligation. It is not just something that we do that recharges our batteries and feeds us. We don't go because it's important to worship God or even worship as a community together. We don't go because fellowship is important. All those things are good and true, but they are not the reasons why we go to Mass. We go to Mass because Jesus himself is present in a way that he is not present anywhere else. And he has asked us to go and be present to him there at Mass. So please, come to Mass. We're open. We missed you. Welcome home. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and once again I'm here by myself. Uh, Billy's away and Jermaine is still on vacation, and so I'm feeling a little lonely. So maybe you can send me an email, pedro at slmedia.org, or if you're on social media, which I suspect that you all are, you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Instagram, at Deacon Pedro. Just, just look for Deacon Pedro and uh, send me a message. And tell me what you think of the show. Um, it's uh, one of the joys of my job is to sit here every weekend with you guys. And hopefully it's one of your joys as well. I wanted to uh, tell you that in case you don't know, Salt and Light Media has just launched a new app. It's called Salt and Light Plus, Salt and Light Plus or SL Plus. And uh, so you can access all our excellent exclusive programs on your Amazon Fire or on Roku. So this, uh, I hope, will be particularly interesting to those of you in the United States because you're outside our broadcast area. But now you can watch all of our content uh, through that app and also through the website SL Plus. All our documentaries, uh, all, of, all of our programs, all the programs we've produced over the years. And you can also watch our channel, our, our live stream of the programs uh, 24-7 every day. So you can subscribe to SL Plus. All you need is internet and that's it. So you can uh, watch that online at SL Plus, slmedia.org. Or if you have Amazon Fire or Roku, you can also uh, watch our content, our programs. So slmedia.org and select Salt and Light Plus or SL Plus. So uh, today we have a great show. I hope that you're going to be able to listen to the whole program. First, Danny Torquia will be here with his new series, Rearing Rebels. He's going to be uh, concluding his series, and he's going to be telling us the importance of uh, 
key messaging and needs-based marketing. So that's in about five minutes uh, right after our song. And then Jermaine will be joining us uh, from his secluded location on vacation. He's going to tell us uh, about a few more books that you can read over the summer. So that's uh, in about 10, 15 minutes or so. And then in our second half hour, I'm sure that many of you remember the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in 2012, uh, that left 26 people dead. 20 of them were six and seven-year-old children. One of those children was Catherine Hubbard. Catherine's mother, Jennifer Hubbard, has now written a book titled Finding Sanctuary, How the Wild Work of Peace Restored the Heart of a Sandy Hook Mother, in which she shares her journey of healing and transformation. And we're going to be speaking with Jennifer Hubbard in our second half hour. You definitely don't want to miss that conversation in about 25 minutes. And then we're going to meet a young singer-songwriter from New York City. Her name is Alverlise, and we're very excited to have her on the program. Alverlise has just released her second album, an album titled Arise. And so we're going to be playing some songs from that album. So lots of good stuff coming up. Remember to visit our website, esselmedia.org, to read our blog, to watch our programs, to subscribe to Salt and Light Plus, and of course, to listen to this program, the Salt and Light Hour. All our shows are archived there at esselmedia.org slash podcast. Okay, so let's start with a song. Here's Alverlise with Live to Worship from her album, Arise.
Alverlis with Live to Worship from her album Arise. And we're going to be speaking with Alverlis in our second half hour, so be sure to stay tuned. And now it's time for Rearing Rebels with Danny Torquia. Daniel, welcome back. It's good to see you again. Nice to be with you, Deacon. So we're uh, bringing everything to an end here, concluding. Yeah, Rearing Rebels, it's been nice to join you on this journey of uh, parenting and marketing. It has been very good. Lots of really good lessons uh, from your marketing training, publicity, and in, in helping us bring up our kids. Well, I guess if you, if you follow marketing, you know it's a dynamic and kind of rich field. So there's no shortage of new initiatives, new innovation that we can look at and borrow and bring to our homes. Yeah, and I guess, I guess the, the ultimate goal of marketing is I don't know, maybe you can correct me. I always assume that it's, it's to, not so much to, to sell something, but to, to, to grab people's attention. And if we don't want to grab our kids' attention, <laughs> then maybe we are not doing the right thing as parents, right? Well, yeah, no, we need to keep our kids engaged. And, and you bring up something very good, Deacon Federal, which is the core of marketing is actually not promotion, or public or, or publicity because you, you mentioned you know reaching uh, you know people with your from your, your message yeah, yeah. But, but or getting the attention but the real core of marketing is meeting an unmet need and, okay. and I think I think I want to go back to that today because before you know what to give or prescribe to your kids yeah. or your consumer you've first got to understand what is the need deep in their uh, conscience yeah, yeah, yeah. to which I'm going to give a great solution. And therefore you can charge a price. If you're in market, if you're in business mm-hmm. or government, you charge, you charge a, and you say, this is the exchange of goods. That's what a market marketing is. It's, it's a marketplace. You have needs. I've got something we meet in a marketplace. So today I want to talk about how as parents get to know your, uh, the needs of your child. And you know what? It's a, universe, it's a universal need. So we can talk about it now, irrespective of this child's interest and that child's interest. My, my, what, I'm surmi- what I'm suggesting today is every person, every child wants that needs a mission and, and that it's innate okay. in them. So we got to give it to them. Okay. I like that. I was going to ask you if we need to do like a needs assessment uh, or something like that, but you're telling me that, that it's all, you're giving, you're giving us the answer. Every child needs a mission. So as parents, part of our role is to give them a mission. Well, yeah. And I want to say, of course, I've read studies and we all know that love, right? Love. Yes. Everybody needs love. Yes. Love. And, and, and we can only live with love, but we know that God is love. So mm-hmm. right there is our link to faith okay, and yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So we got to give them the love, the love that is the wellspring of all love, the, well, the love that allows for never us we, to never be thirsty again. Yeah. So we got to give them Jesus straight up. And then we also have to give them this sense of like, we're built with a mission, right? We all want to contribute, yeah. I think, to, to the yeah. co-creative call. 
Yeah. Christ gives yeah. us, I'm not a theologian, you know that Deacon, but Christ calls us to be co-creators in a way that's different than the angels, archangels, seraphim, yes. whatever. We're invited to co-create, yes. right? Yes. So that means that we're programmed for that. And there, therein might be the link with St. Augustine, right? Mm-hmm. And we're, my, my soul will be restless until it rests in your love, but also in your co-creative drive. Yes. Yeah. So let's give that to our kids. Give them love. We know that. This, this episode, the series wasn't about love. It, it, we know that we got to give them love. Yes. It was about marketing techniques. So now what I'm saying is they need mission. They need a co-creative purpose in them. So give them the, the, the fight against the devil, the, the, the divider, the accuser, who's real. Mm-hmm, the liar. Yeah. And give them the mission to be holy, stand out. Right. And so, wow, I feel like marketing is very useful for our, your listeners because the world will teach them to think about themselves. The world will teach them to be hedonistic, mm-hmm. to, to, to be consumers. And that is a, a big wave, a wave that we have to fight against. And I hope that your listeners will le- read, uh, listen to these episodes and endow themselves with the key messaging to give them a mission, the techniques of product placement that we talked about, or we talked about the rule of seven. Yes. We talked about experiential marketing. If they give these tools to their kids, I think their kids will end up consuming Christ as opposed to consuming consumption. Right. You're, you're making me think, and I've always, I've always thought that, that our job as evangelizers um, is a marketing job. That, that there's no difference that we're that we're trying to grab people so that we have we have the the best news ever the good news right we have the solution to the world's problems so we need to sell that we need right, um, right. but as parents I guess that's the same thing that we our our role as parents is for our children to grow up to be holy um, to go to heaven right. so if that's not responding to the great commission in a way that you know, people might think I can't go and make disciples of all nations because I'm not a priest or a nun or whatever. So, well, you are, you're a parent. So you got disciples, you got little, little, you know, growing disciples right in your, in your house. Right. Um, you go. Um, well, yeah. And, and you know what? I mean, I've, I, uh, because I'm in marketing, I've had to read a lot of textbooks, but there's a textbook that I, I call it a textbook, which is the catechism of the Catholic church. <laughs> I call yeah. it a textbook, right? Because it's certainly not a novel. It's yeah. not a no, huge no, no. Yeah. great read. I mean, but it's a textbook and I liked it. I read it twice. And, wow. and one of the, what, 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 well, because I like textbooks and I'm used to reading that way. But one of the things that came out when I read the catechism is that we're all called to the priesthood of the baptized. Like I had first, yes. I only learned yes. about that term through the catechism of the Catholic church. Yes. And when you realize you are priest, prophet and king or mm-hmm. queen, like I tell my daughter, mm-hmm. you realize well, the priesthood belongs to me too, and pro- prophecy. Prophecy. Yes, pro- it's pro- true. Rather. Yes, yeah. So we can't delegate that to the local no. pastor, and so and the clergy, and so we need to do that, and that does start with our kids. So I think it's. I'm hoping, Deacon, that parents realize that they are, like you said, ev- marketers, evangelists, and that they're fighting very robust marketing foes yeah against us yes and they're good people don't get me wrong the people in marketing are good people but they're a little bit of in a, in a daze right there and they're just yeah. doing some pedal a product a yeah. lot of them. yeah 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 that's my experience yes so uh, we got to be sharp 
Yeah, and which is why you've 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 chosen to name your segment "Rearing Rebels" because you want those little rugrats to grow up. Like there's a little there's something good about being a rebel because we're rebelling against some of these negative uh, societal or cultural uh, norms. Yes, we are, and we're also rebelling against the nature for sin ah, in our hearts right that 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 voice that says uh, consume pornography or tell a little white lie that that which is always there every day right we we have to rebel against that fallen nature and rebel against the the type of the consumer driven corporate interests that want us to that want to max uh, leverage that weakness for their own good yeah okay i get yeah. it well, this well, is good a bit of a danger out there but we'll survive no 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 no. it's good there's lots of yeah no this is very hopeful uh, i like it so so meeting the unmet needs of your children which is to give them a mission they everybody wants a mission and to articulate that message that key message uh, as much as possible and you've given us throughout the the last couple months lots of uh, ways ways to do that, Danny. I hope that come the fall we can continue with this. Maybe season two of Rearing Rebels. Yeah, let's give us. I'm happy to continue Rearing Rebels or another topic, but uh, definitely there's a blog that we're trying to work on. I'm all I'm all yours here to help uh, your listeners. Yeah, thank you. And maybe our listeners feel free to write us. You can write me Pedro at slmedia.org, and if you have any topics or any ideas or any stories. Anything that Danny has said that maybe uh, inspires you or that you want to question, let us know. And we'd love to uh, address some of the topics that you're uh, interested in, in uh, exploring further. Danny, we're going to leave it there. Have a wonderful summer with your children. And Thank you very much. we look forward to having you back in the fall. Likewise. You too, Deacon. Talk to you soon. Danny Torquia, he's our public relations expert and the managing director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Torquia, and you can read his blog, at dialogueandgrace.com. Hi, I'm David Mares, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro, and I want to hear from you. You can email me, pedro at eselmedia.org. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And now it's time for Book Ends with Jermaine Bagnall. Jermaine, uh, it's good to have you back. I know you've been uh, taking some time off so you can catch up on all the reading you have to do. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There, no, there's no better time to read than during vacation time. And, and summer. And summer, yes. The two go hand in hand. Summer, yeah. vacate. Well, I guess three. And reading books. And reading books. A good book for the summer. Um, so what, uh, what have you been reading the last couple of weeks? Okay, so... This week is a slight departure from past episodes. Uh, today, I'll, I'll just be chatting about one book. And surprisingly, the lone book that I'll be talking about <laughs> isn't a children's book. I was going to say, I, it's not a children's book. It's not a children's book, but I promise to return with another one. <laughs> uh, this week, we're going to take a look at The Joy of Keeping the Faith, Thriving in the Church After RCIA by Christine Way Skinner. Okay. Uh, which was published by Novalis and 23rd Publications. Mm -hmm. And uh, before even diving into the book, uh, it's worth noting that this book recently received first place in the category Pastoral Ministry, Parish Life category uh, in the 2021 Catholic Media Book Awards. 
Right. Yes. And 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 to note, so Novalis is obvious. It's a Canadian publisher, and Christine Way Skinner actually lives about ten minutes from my house. Oh. So, so that's uh, cool. that's uh, that's exciting. Congratulations to Christine Way Skinner on on that book. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so the Catholic. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Catholic Media Association yeah. Book Awards? Yeah, well, I guess the the media association for itself, for those who don't know, it's it's over a hundred years. It has over two hundred publication members, six hundred individual members. So it's basically a, a hub for for Catholic journalism. Yeah, and, and what's great is they have a book award ceremony where they where they celebrate authors. And you know, when right. people sometimes think uh, Catholic books, you know, maybe people only think of let's say it's just oh everything's uh the bible or encyclical it's like no there's <laughs> yeah. so there's so much more yes. uh, you know they have a religious book series uh there's a category of healing and self-help which actually the first place winner was somebody interviewed for working in faith and kurt's for your, in for your show yeah so yeah she won for her book uh, spiritual practices for the brain and you know you just hear that title and it's like wait what yes there's so it, it the thing that I, I liked about the the book awards is it helps see where the faith exists in so many different. Nooks oh, and interesting. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Cause, cause I think, I mean, obviously there's the children's categories, but you think that there would be like the fiction category, the children's category um, mm-hmm. and the, the nonfiction category. But in fact, there's like 17 pages of awards because there's all these categories like, you know, f- religious freedom or religious art or inspirational, um, exactly. educational stuff, spirituality, exactly. prayer. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And uh, covers I, everything. I know. And, and this, this program, Jermaine, I know that you, you dedicate your segment to books. So of course we want to celebrate books, but I mean, we're interviewing authors on the Salt and Light Hour all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see a lot of the names that we recognize and certainly a lot of the, the publishers uh, that we recognize. And I was going to start naming them, but I'm afraid that I'm going to like miss one of them. But, you know, you got Ave Maria yeah. Press and Loyola <laughs> and uh, the Paulist uh, yeah, or, or you know, our, our Sunday Visitor, Liturgical Press. So there's all these uh, Orbis books, all these... Uh, exactly just uh, count just countless uh, amazing publishers and amazing books so it's it's uh for those who are looking for for books you know if you're not waiting with bated breath for the next bookends here's a great way to fill in on other books to to dive into yeah okay so there's no excuse for people saying i can't find spiritual reading or or any good good nourishing um so tell us about the joy of keeping the faith what's what's why did this book stand out for you yeah, so even though there's 17 pages of, uh, of winners and second place and third <laughs> place, uh, the reason why this one j- jumped out at me is it's all about maintaining the faith. Uh, so mm-hmm. for those who don't know, I completed my RCIA just over a year ago while attending Our Lady of Seven Sores in Kitchener. Um, so for me, everything in the faith is very fresh. Right. Uh, so encountering a book that once helped me maintain that feeling but also like thrive it's kind of what drew me drew me to it and there even though it's geared for for people fresh out of rcia there are stuff that's that's great for cradle catholics too uh-huh. um 
But what I really liked about this book, outside of the the title, is that the chapters, uh, everything's digestible. And each of the chapters at the end, they have like tangible actions that you can take of like, uh, so the chapters are, are building a house on a solid rock, placing God at the center, foster a solid personal prayer life, mm-hmm. live liturgically, connect with Christian community, put faith into practice, ongoing faith formation. So within there, there's like tangible things to do. So it's like fostering a solid personal prayer life. You know, here's a suggestion of like learn some of the the more memorized ones, like, you know, learn the rosary. Right. Or people who are coming from like a Protestant, like charismatic sort of churches there are charismatic catholics so it's like you know find those communities and connect with them so there's really tangible actions uh, Mm -hmm. which i like the um theory and theology is is great but i've always something that's been important to me it's like okay like how do i now that i know the why of something i I need the how and book really does a, a good job with that um and and one of the things that i really liked about this book um was she kind of addressed one of the things that i wrestled with which is like how do you maintain your faith yeah Uh, so i stepped away like when i was as a teenager because you know i just felt like i had personal issues with like people or certain Mm -hmm. certain uh sort of things but within the book she so she states the most common reason i see for the fizzling of the practice of faith is that the person's faith was not really fully and deeply in god experienced through his son jesus christ and strengthened by the holy spirit mm-hmm. he said the church was chosen because of individual relationships with people a sense of community of some other noble but ultimately fallible things when these things failed the believer in a substantial way membership in the church was abandoned and this mm-hmm. is true for cradle catholics as those as well as those who are newly minted, you know? Right. So it's like, if I don't like uh, Jane Doe and John Smith, oh, you know, I'm, I'm done with the Catholic. Yeah, that's and, true. And, and I think that's a really strong point, especially, you know, I know everybody likes to say that, you know, these times are so polarizing. Let's be honest. Times are always polarizing, mm-hmm. but we need to look beyond why we don't agree with somebody uh, to dictate what our, the strength of our faith. Mm-hmm. and look at the source of our faith yeah. and and that's something that this book really does a, a, a great job with okay well i'm glad and and it, it seems like it's a very practical thing i know uh that that's a challenge that a lot of uh formation programs or parishes have is just kind of how to follow up so so mm-hmm. rcia anybody just joining the church or for oh, cradle catholics like myself we we sometimes take a lot of things for granted or don't even know i mean we also struggle with keeping the faith and mm-hmm. keeping the faith joyfully so um it sounds like it's a good uh, good read thank you germaine for telling us about that and for telling us about the catholic uh the cma book awards uh also important to celebrate all our authors um uh looking forward to uh a good summer. This is the last time we see uh, you here at bookends, but we'll be back in the fall with uh, some more books. So you got a couple months to uh, (laughs) do a lot of reading. I'll rack them up and have some kids books in the next two. All right. Thank you, Jermaine. Jermaine Bagnell. He's a producer here at Salt and Light Media. He's the host of Working in Faith, and you can watch that program on Salt and Light Plus, and you can follow him at Jermaine Bagnell.
Coming up in our second half hour, finding sanctuary after the Sandy Hook shooting, and we meet singer-songwriter Alvar Lees. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Jennifer Hubbard's life changed forever on December 14th, 2012. That day, her six-year-old daughter, Catherine, was killed along with 19 other children and six adults in a mass shooting at her school, Sandy Hook Elementary. Though Jennifer's world came to an end that morning, she instinctively held on to her faith, eventually founding an animal sanctuary in Catherine's memory. She tells her story of suffering and redemption in her book, Finding Sanctuary, How the Wild Work of Peace Restored the Heart of a Sandy Hook Mother. It is an important read for everyone, and especially for anyone struggling with the inability to trust in the goodness of God. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Jennifer Hubbard. Jennifer, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thanks for having me. Um, our, our, uh, our listeners can't see you, but I see that there's a photo of Catherine behind you. Can you tell us, <laughs> tell us about Catherine? I, I, her, her bright red hair really stands out. What was she mm-hmm. like? Catherine was a, um, she was one of these creatures that was incredibly shy to the outside world, um, but just magnetic and bold and bright to those people that um, she opened up to. Uh, So I remember her as just fiercely determined, Hmm. um, but hugely passionate and compassionate, um, full of love for creatures, all creatures, uh, whether it was her family or friends or um, the animals that she seemed to surround mm-hmm. herself with. Um, she just, she lived life. I think as we all, I think as we're supposed to live life. Yeah. To the full. Um, she loved mm-hmm. animals. Um, so, Cause I was going to ask you, how did you come up with the idea of the animal sanctuary? But I think it's clear that she loved animals, yeah. but just because she loved animals is not enough to inspire you to, for this, the animal sanctuary. So tell us how that inspiration came about. Mm-hmm. So the animal sanctuary came as a, uh, it was a typographical error in her obituary. Okay. Um, we had to, after she died, um, you go through the motions and I think that they're purposeful. I think that those mm-hmm. right, the right of mm-hmm. burial um, mm-hmm. provides purpose in days mm-hmm. where you can really get lost. So um, we were asked to write an obituary. I sat down at the computer and wrote the obituary. And, you know, as in any, any, um, any obituary, it's, you know, what are you going to do in lieu of flowers? (laughs) She was six. She doesn't have a cause, but the reality is that she does. Everybody's got a cause. It's whatever your heart is. Mm -hmm. And so Catherine's heart was animals. And we felt like a great, um, celebration of her life would be to honor the animals that she loved. Catherine loved to go to the transfer station because that's where the animal control center was. Okay. Um, so I had said like, let's make contributions in Catherine's memory to the animal control center. I left out the word control. Um, and it turned out that there was actually an animal center. Um, they were a rescue group and they received a significant amount of contributions I believe that was the first move that God made 
um, in our path of healing. So the contributions went to the animal center. They came to us. They said, we've received a significant amount of money. What do you want to do with it? I, I had no idea. Catherine loved animals and mm. I loved Catherine. So I just wanted to honor <laughs> her spirit. So um, I said, I have no idea. You tell me. Wonderful. And they said, how about a sanctuary? In the truest um, essence yeah. of a sanctuary, a place of, of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we set out on that path. And in the midst of building the sanctuary, I found sanctuary. I found God. Um, I found myself. Well, I want to, I mean, I wanted to, to, to ask you more about that because, and I know, and I'm sure you know too, many parents who lose children to tragedies, any tragedy are, are, are never able to recover. Um, yeah. um, so tell me about finding, find, finding, about you finding sanctuary. Yeah, I really, I had, um, I had a, a strong faith going into Catherine's death. Um, mm-hmm not nearly what it is today. And what I hope not nearly is what it's going to be in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I was positioned um, where I was in order to settle in um, and draw on some of the habits and, and things that had formed before she died. So something as simple as prayer in the mm-hmm. morning um, before Catherine died, it was a, a five, 10 minute. Now, let me, let me dig into, to, the dig into scripture or, right. you know, books that I was reading. Um, and after Catherine died, I found myself really being drawn to you know, the kitchen table. There, there was no, there was no epiphany of like, you know, there's no Hollywood moment of that, you know, you sort of come to this place, but I found right. myself sitting at the kitchen table and being drawn further and further in. So 10 minutes then became an hour. And in that stillness of um, just, sitting with the grief of, of losing Catherine and um, beginning to recognize those small places where God is. Uh, I think I've come to a place where, you know, God's presence, God's direction is with us and around us. And it's really up to us to still ourselves long enough Mm -hmm. to recognize it. You, you, in the title of the book, you refer to the wild work of peas which i think refers to to also keep giving yourself something to keep you busy but not to distract you but to actually focus your your energy why why is it the wild the wild work of peace <laughs> because it's not it is the the whole this whole journey of healing has not been what i expected if it, mm-hmm. what i would have thought um i write about it in the book that i often thought where would my place be that i would run to when the world became messy and clunky, where would I run to? And would it be the beach or would it be a cliff? And it was my, it was my kitchen table, mm-hmm. um, you know, of mm-hmm. all places, not at all dramatic, <laughs> No, but, but, comfortable. Yeah, but home. comfortable home. Yeah. Um, and I think that in grieving, it's, it's wild and it's work. It is, it is striving to find and discover, um, our own heart and recognizing and, and dealing with the darkness and the, the, the struggles that come with grieving, not curling up in a ball Mm -hmm. um, and coming to a place of um, acknowledging our hearts um, and acknowledging the one who can heal our hearts. It's work. Yeah. But it's It's wild work. work. And it reminds me of, it reminds me of the Holy spirit. I think is the wild 
the wild work of the Holy Spirit. Um, it, this has been a, a tough year for a lot of people. There's been a lot of, of, of lo loss of loved ones, loss of all kinds of other losses. Um, there's also, um, you know, parents who've lost children. What, what do you say to that parent who is listening right now that is struggling with anger, with, 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 uh, bitterness, with mm -hmm. just, just deep, deep grief. What, what do you, mm -hmm. what do you tell them? To acknowledge it, um, to not run from it. You can try and you can run from it. You can try to curl up in a ball and hope everything goes away. Um, you can shake your fist at anger and expect that a debt that's due to you is going to be repaid. And none of those things are going to take away the pain. Um, but what will is when you acknowledge that you are disappointed, that you are sad, that you are lonely, when you can really settle into those and offer them, offer them to um, to God and allow God to take them and, and, and not, not in a, not an accusatory way, but in a transparent and authentic way to be able to say to God, I am lonely and I need you. Um, and allowing that, that space, that stillness that I, that I spoke about earlier, um, where he can, where he can meet us. And it may not be in in a way that we would expect or anticipate. It may be in the stillness of recognizing a friend or a, or a sunset or um, a memory that comes to heart and, and just allowing ourselves to, to feel those moments and not, not begrudge them or, mm -hmm. or push them aside or, or think that, you know, it's anything other than what it is. And that's God reaching out to us right. and the spirit moving to gather us in. Yeah. And not, and not think that not being angry means that you're not honoring your child or, or, yeah. or that it's okay. What happened to them? Um, Jennifer, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm sure that I know that writing the story was probably important in your healing, but I'm sure it wasn't easy. Um, but it's an important read, not, not just for parents who've lost children, but, but also, I mean, anyone struggling with forgiveness or guilt or, or anger at yeah. God. So thank you so much. Um, and, uh, and, and continue the good work that you're doing at the animal sanctuary. <laughs> thank sure you. You have an intercessor in heaven for, for you and for all those animals. I pray. Yes. Thank you. Jennifer Hubbard is the president and executive director of the Catherine Violet Hubbard Animal Sanctuary. She is also the author of Finding Sanctuary, How the Wild Work of Peace Restored the Heart of a Sandy Hook Mother, published by Ave Maria. You can learn more about the Animal Sanctuary at cvhfoundation.org. And if you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to it again, visit us at slmedia.org slash podcast. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Alver Lise with the title track of her album, Arise. He says, come and follow me, lay down all that keeps you down, all that weighs upon your soul. Oh, arise from your slumber, hear his voice as he calls, as he stretches out his hand. Let 
That was Alverlise with Arise from her album of the same name. Alverlise is a worship leader, guitarist, singer, songwriter. She's a wife and a mother, born and raised in New York City. When Alverlise is not working at a parish or community in the Diocese of uh, Brooklyn, Queens, she can be found ministering at a retreat, a concert or event, or leading Eucharistic adoration at Catholic Underground. She is also one of the songwriters for Worship Now Publishing, and she has just released a new album that we've been listening to, Arise. And so it's with great pleasure that I welcome our release uh, to the program. Alverlise, uh, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So tell me, tell me about growing up. You, you, you were born in New York, or you, and you grew up in New York? I was born in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, yeah. Uh, neighborhood called Sunset Park, where everyone knows it. And, uh, but my parents are from the Dominican Republic, so they came here yeah. at a young age. They actually met here, got married. Okay, okay. So, um, and is it, is it a... a in Brooklyn, yeah. I'm, I'm presuming that, I mean, they're Dominican, so they must be Catholic. Was it a Catholic family, kind of all the culturally Catholic large family? Do you have any brothers and sisters? I, I have one brother. Okay. Um, but uh, it's still a big family, a just extended family, like lots and lots of cousins and uncles and aunts. Um, so we were always around family, and yes, most definitely Catholic. Yes, yes, that's that's great. That, that Latin Americans are well known for loving their extended families, todos los, los primos y los tíos. Um, um, so were you uh, doing? Were you involved in music? Was there a lot of music in the house? There was a lot of music in my house. Um, mostly because my father is a guitarist and also a songwriter. Okay. Um, not necessarily Christian music, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, he wrote like boleros and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, nice. Uh, merengues, si. right? Um, so I just grew up in the house. We were always listening to music. My dad was always playing guitar. He would write songs for me to sing, you know, nice. kid songs. My uncles would play instruments. Um, so it was a very musical upbringing that sounds wonderful um so you said it was not necessarily catholic music it was secular music but but were you also doing music in church what when did that part start for you yes yeah, so it it turns out when i i always wanted to sing sit in the front by the choir at mass okay so my parents were always like okay fine let's sit in the front the choir and i just admired church choir all the time and it wasn't until i went to my first retreat when i was around maybe 15 16 and I saw the music ministry I mean they played a little differently you know it was a little more lively and um, I just fell in love and I thought I want to do that and I joined the youth group and when they discovered that I sang I okay they kind of just pulled me in <laughs> did you did you ever uh, so you said you were you were a teenager you were in high school did did you ever go through a period where you, church didn't make sense or was, was were you always very comfortable in church? You didn't doubt your faith? I was pretty comfortable Yeah. Um, in my faith. Um, I, I really do thank God that there was, uh, there were a lot of people who kind of molded us and, and the youth group and guided us. There was a point, I think, in my college years where I doubted some things you know, in the, in the Catholic, in our mm -hmm. faith. Um, but, you know, the Holy Spirit has a way to kind of draw you back yes. in. Yeah. Um, so people did end up coming into my life that kind of knew how to explain it and break it down. 
in a way that I would understand um, in my young adult life, specifically the, the Franciscan fires of the renewal really yes. did help my journey a lot, which is why I feel so close to them <laughs> to this day. Yes, that's wonderful that, that 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 they are so close that you have that have that community. Um, did you? When did the songwriting start for you? Were you also writing songs as a little girl? So I always wrote songs, even as a preteen, even before going to retreat. I think probably because of my dad. So yeah. I would just write about what I knew, you know, like teenage love songs or yeah. you know things like that. When I fell in love with Jesus, I couldn't write about anything else but God. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't written about anything but Jesus since. Yeah. You say, you say that your music is almost like it's pieces of your journal. So it's very personal. And there's a lot of, I guess, prayer, like your, your prayer life feeds your, your songwriting. Would you say that? Yes. hundred percent. Yes. A, a lot of the songs come from moments of, of prayer and something that I'm, writing to the Lord from my personal experience. And sometimes I hold on to those songs for a long time mm-hmm. before I decide to. Um, Arise is your second album. Would you, cause you also, I mean, you spend probably most of your time ministering either at liturgy or Catholic underground with the Franciscans friars, or, I mean, all these other things that you do retreats. Um, do you think that the, your ministry is more focused to the live ministering live worship or would you like to do more recording spending more time with the recording like what is your hope for your ministry i i'd like to say a mix of both you know there's something about being there in person and worshiping with community Mm -hmm. that is really important you know it it really is but you know at the same time i find myself right more and more I also do want want to share that, you know. Um, I do find that no matter what, my family is my first vocation, you know. So, so I don't necessarily go out so much, so often that then like my life at home is a little bit disrupted. Yeah. You know, so we always I always try to keep in mind like this, this comes first, my children, my husband you know, the things that we have to do at home, but he does give me the opportunity to go out there and minister. And I appreciate it very much, but my family does come first. Sure. Yeah, that's well, that's, I think that's very wise. I mean, you're, you have clear what your, what your vocation as a, as a, as a wife first, and then as a mother, how many children do you have? I have one two-year-old, oh. soon to be three-year-old okay. and two stepsons. Yeah, so the three-year-old, I'm sure, is keeping you <laughs> busy 80% of the time. Very, very busy. <laughs> That's great. That's great, Averlise. Um, So I presume that you're always writing music anyway. I mean, you're, if, as long as you're journaling, there's probably music coming out. So is it is yes. it likely that there might be a new album in the future? Yes. Well, not album. I really feel like I'm being led into releasing more singles. Yeah. Yeah, so I might be really seeing a single sometime and another one maybe a month or two later. Yeah. I think that's the route God has been guiding me and I'm I'm still praying about it, but it feels right. Yeah. So it, and it, that might even be easier to do. <laughs> it, it is easier and a lot of people that's that's what everybody 
is starting to do more. I think the whole industry is is sort of leaning in that direction. It's more conducive. The way people are consuming music yeah, is yeah. A, a little more uh, conducive to that. Um, well, yeah. but that's good. That means that there's more music coming and, and that we don't have Definitely. to wait until you record a whole album. We can just listen to yes. songs as exactly. they come. Alverlis, um, it's been really good meeting you. Um, I really, you. really, really like the music. Um, so thank you so much for what yeah. you're doing and for telling us a little bit about it today. Thank you so much. This is great. God bless. You can learn more about Alverlis at her website, alverlis.com. That's A-L-V-E-R-L-I-S. I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily, alverlis.com. If you missed any part of our conversation or to listen to the rest of the program, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. Here now to take us out is Alverlis with My Desire from her album, Arise. I will call your name. I will shout your praise. I will follow you, follow you always. I will call your name. I will shout your listening to Alver Lees with My Desire from her album Arise and that will bring us to the end of our program this week. Remember that you can find me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram just look for Deacon Pedro and you can also reach me via email pedro at eselmedia.org I love to hear your comments and messages and I respond to every single email I receive. Promise. And also remember that you can listen to every single Salt and Light Hour episode on our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. But you can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Next week is our last show of the season. It's been a great one with lots of new guests and new music. Be sure to tune in. Jillian will be back for one more lesson that she learned from her kids. We will also learn about an international charity that is working with rural women in African countries, and we meet singer-songwriters Dave and Lauren Moore. So I hope that you'll be with us next week. Thank you for being with us today. Remember to take care of yourselves and of each other and pray for each other. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. <laughs>